Now, normally I would have included the cover of the book in the review, but given the fact that the cover is the photo of someone's face who he is known outside of the internet that he is most likely taken without their permission and posted online without their knowledge, I do not feel any bit comfortable in posting that in the public where people could eventually look at it. So forgive me if I need to put that big redacted screen up there because I just... I just don't feel comfortable posting this person's image without their knowledge or permission. I don't. I feel like it's potentially a violation of their privacy and I wish to respect their privacy. Unlike the author, I don't I don't get off on trying to exploit people's images online so that people may eventually track them down and do shit to them. But that's just not what the kind of stuff that I agree with and it's not the kind of stuff that I would ever do. Unless the person's actually filmed themselves and put themselves online for other people to identify. But even then, that still would not excuse the doxing that would also accompany what the author does. So, with that little explanation out of the way, let's begin with the actual review. I need to preface this review with the statement that even if I didn't already have a lot of reasons to dislike the author and openly be against a lot of the things they talk about, I would still have a lot of issues with this book. To put it simply, the Not in Service series breaks down into a series of tantrum-throwing hissy fits written by an author who's so incredibly incompetent that they cannot even be bothered to spell-check their own grammar to ensure that the sentence structure is actually flowing healthily as the story is being read. The best way to put it is if the author just genuinely didn't care about the reader's enjoyment and just did everything out of spite. It's literally what it is. It's a series of hate novels dedicated to someone they claim that they don't care about, they don't think about, that they don't even want to talk to. Yet the author wastes several months of their life writing several nihilistic, cringe-filled essays that are filled with libelistic, slanderous, and, dare I say potentially dangerous claims, given the fact that the claims this person makes could actually potentially cause violence. However, let me just remove this person's beef between me and them completely from the equation, and let's talk about the book objectively. Now let's quickly read the preface of the book, as it is what the author intends people to see to determine whether or not the reader may be interested. So let's read the plot synopsis of the book. This is a continuation of the Not in Service series. This part is about my girlfriend Liliana and our lives. Keep in mind, Liliana appeared only for one fucking book, and then she was gone in like two pages, maybe two chapters. Keep in mind, this person is mentioned like periodically throughout the course of the book, but there's no actual mention of a real relationship having developed. It's more like this person's just around them periodically, and because they are around them, they've automatically developed this fiction, this unhealthy infatuation with someone, which I'm going to go into later on. This is a book of passion, betrayal, which is done by Gage, and the conservative right, and heartache, as well as good advice, happiness, love, and the truth about my life. What does any of that have to do with the plot? Genuinely nothing. The entire synapsis essentially reads like a giant middle finger directed to people that were critical of this person for their online escapades. That's genuinely how it feels to me looking at this. It doesn't feel like this person genuinely wanted to write something that would actually be enjoyable. It felt like they just wanted to write a middle finger book 
essentially saying, nana nana boo boo, nana nana boo boo, I'm happy, and why, why, like, you're happy too, but I'm happy, and because I think I'm happy, it means that it should bother you in some way. It doesn't really, it just seems like a really weird thing to do is that you need to bring up someone that has literally no connection to your life outside of the internet, because this person, namely myself, has never tried to really mess with this dude's life outside of the internet, because I genuinely don't care that much. I never have. Now, there are things that I could do legally on account of some of the crazy stuff they've said about me and some of the crazy stuff they've done, but I will cross that bridge if I ever need to come to it. But the fact is, like, Laplace and Absis doesn't really explain the story at all. It essentially just exists to act like a middle figure to people that they, this author has feel, feels have wronged them. It's essentially about that. And for someone that claims to tell the truth about their life, not really a whole lot is really discussed. Like, genuinely nothing about this person's life is actually really talked about, because it seems to me that the author wants to gloss over important details that may be relevant if they wish to tell the story. And now let's get into the characters of the story, and then we're going to kind of see how everything looks going forward. Alright, well, first things first. Since it's written from the perspective of the author in an attempt to be a memoir, the author is obviously going to have the first-person perspective of being the protagonist. However, when it comes down to how this person behaves and how they treat others, they are impossible to relate to. There is genuinely no relatability at all. This person is impossible to get to like and respect or even relate to because every single time something is brought up, it's either portrayed as a world-destroying inconvenience that the author must then complain about, or it is brought and or the individual or individuals in question are essentially brought up like they are the best, brightest examples of human beings and that no one can ever compare to them. But then they'll be forgotten about in roughly a chapter or two because the author no longer sees them. They are no longer with an eye shot to the author. Therefore, they no longer occupy the author's fascination or infatuation. This right here is usually a good example of why someone should not be writing a story if they genuinely don't really care for the details or paying attention to what's around them. If someone is not interested in telling a story, they become an unreliable narrator. And as a result, if the narrator is proven to be too unreliable, the story is is uninteresting. And it makes it very difficult for the reader to try to connect to the author because the author and the protagonist, who are the same person in the story, more or less come off as a whiny nanny goat who is more or less acting like a complaining hypochondriac about every minor inconvenience that they encounter. Literally nothing this person talks about in the story genuinely sounds like an issue that would really be worthy of consideration to really handle or talk about, because every minute issue that seems to occur, this person's immediately screaming at the top of their lungs in the book, trying to make other people essentially rectify problems that they themselves will not do anything to rectify. And as a result, it's really difficult to find this character really respectable. One of the first things the reader might pick up about the author is the fact that the author slash protagonist is more or less just a constant complainer. The person sounds like their entire reason to be is just to always pursue the role of a victim, even in the situation where victimhood is not necessarily even implied or likely to occur. It feels as though the person is going about their day-to-day -day routine, pursuing drama with people in the hopes of getting negative attention on themselves, just so they can continue to cry about being a victim. This person has gone out of their way to attack acquaintances, strangers, and even people who have more or less offered them shelter and food because the people in question are not giving them whatever they would so choose to desire. 
And as a result, it's really difficult to want to hear another word out of this person because the author more or less portrays themselves like an insufferable, whiny bitch. That's the only way to put it. The author portrays himself as a whiny bitch who constantly demands attention and admiration and adoration for doing nothing. The author more or less creates themselves in a situation where they are constantly the self-imposed victim. They look for ways to call themselves a victim and try to use the victim status, going so far as to insult people who are trying to do everything they can to make sure other people can survive in a homeless shelter that they are currently residing in in the story. Keep in mind, the people that are trying to help them are more or less helping them by trying to encourage them to do things that would be productive instead of wasting their time pissing and moaning and trying to complain about problems that they more or less throw upon themselves because they keep throwing themselves into the public spotlight and doing things that could be used to portray them in a negative manner. And this sheer level of narcissism makes it impossible to like this character because they describe literally everyone and anyone that does not occupy their fixation or fascinations as though the people around them are just an inconvenience to simply be ignored or overcame. No one described in the story, aside from those that the author has a fascination or fixation on, are ever described as real people. The individuals in question are essentially described like mannequins. They're there to fill a simple purpose, which is basically give the author something to pursue romantically, sexually, and after that, once they've pretty much filled their role, whether it be through actual copulation with the author, as in the first book, or whether they just like no longer appear around this person like they just walk into another universe apparently because the moment that they're no longer mentioned it's like they just cease to exist because the author will not specify whether or not the people have since distanced themselves from him or have simply went somewhere else and therefore they do not see them again and for some reason people are trying to convince themselves this is relatable the author is not relatable the characters are not relatable because none of the characters are described like realistic human beings the author has openly spent hours of their time constantly describing anyone that disagrees with them as though they are automatically inferior. This is the definition of a god complex coming from someone whose entire mindset essentially goes as follows. It's either people comply with the author's every whim and every view, or the people are inherently bad and negative and he attacks them with a series of pejoratives. And it's because of this that the author proves that the the protagonist is genuinely unlikable. But let's get into how this person apparently seems to interact with other characters. The interactions that the author describes with other characters are somewhat troubling, because the only positive interactions the author seems to have is if the other people in question are completely out of their mind, either high or drunk, to the point to where they cannot properly understand and communicate their thoughts and feelings appropriately, because the people are under the influence which means a lot of their decisions are not going to be sound ones because they're not in the proper state of mind to make decisions. Or, the author essentially describes having nothing but negative experiences with people who are sober because the people that are sober usually disagree with their behavior. One character that's mentioned a lot throughout the course of the book is a character by the name of Rochelle. Rochelle is more or less portrayed as the antagonist of the book. However, she's not portrayed as the antagonist by doing genuinely negative things. She's portrayed as someone who does negative things that the author themselves perceives to be negative. There's no way to determine whether or not her actions were justified or unjustified because the author does not bother to ask or further explain. 
and as a result, it makes it incredibly difficult to take the author as a reliable witness, especially when the author's story is the only one that the reader has to base their opinions off of. When it comes to being an unreliable narrator, the author seems to excel in this because whenever people have actually questioned them about anything at all that they've ever spoken of, the author's only response is just to immediately deny that they've said things they've said and immediately go right back to denying what they've said five minutes prior before they continue to admit to saying it five minutes after that once they believe everyone else seemingly has forgotten what they said. Spoiler alert, people didn't forget what you said. They just genuinely didn't want to keep arguing about the same stupid point because you were just intentionally annoying them to waste their time. But when it comes down to how this author interacts with other people, one key plot point from the story comes to mind, and that is the story of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl party. The Super Bowl party is, well, as the title would imply, it was a party for the Super Bowl that the author more or less suggests that the people in charge of the homeless shelter throw so that the people in the shelter would have something to do that could potentially do something positive for them. However, the author obviously had an, interior, an ulterior motive, which they more or less admitted to, because they more or less wanted to throw the party so that they could ask for financial donations to the author's failed attempt at a presidential campaign, which never came to fruition, because this person failed to get so much as a single vote. That's right. This person was literally going to ask homeless people for money to start a presidential campaign, Despite the fact that during the given time, the presidential race had already begun, or was in the process of beginning, which is actually against the Constitution for someone to actually announce their running before the races even began, and needless to say, even if this person was attempting to run while the race was going on, they would have so little resources and so little support that it would essentially be like trying to start a fire underwater. It wouldn't get anywhere because there'd be nowhere to really start. But the fact is, this individual had a negative interaction with Rochelle later on as a result of Rochelle simply warning them to not pester the other residents, and instead the author decided the best thing to do was to portray Rochelle as this evil, vile, devil of a person because the person essentially said, no, I'm not going to let you use this party as a way to proselytize your views to other people and potentially take money from them that they might need to survive themselves. And as a result of their idea of essentially being rejected because... The author more or less wanted this, this, they wanted this party to be all about themselves, which is really self-serving and narcissistic because the author only seemed to be concerned with their own personal ends to make their own pet project become a reality. It didn't seem like they truly cared about the party or whether or not people there would actually enjoy it. They were more concerned with whether or not they could just milk whatever financial ends the party may produce, which I have to say is really, really scummy. Like, all in all, the story makes no sense, because the protagonist and the antagonist, realistically, they should be flipped. The protagonist should have been Rochelle for simply trying to do what she could to keep this place afloat and keep these people fed and housed out of the elements. The antagonist should have been the author, because the author more or less portrayed themselves as a professional victim about every situation that they openly invited themselves in, despite the fact that they were well aware that everything they were doing could have been received poorly given the fact that they demonstrated no respect for anyone around them, and instead of trying to make everyone else foot the bill for all of their personal expenses. The fact that the author even openly says that they want the shelter and other people to essentially foot the bill for a field trip, yes, a field trip, like we're all in elementary school again, they wanted the people that run the shelter to foot the bill for the field trip, including transit, food costs, admission cost or whatever the cost for whatever activity it might have been and yet for some reason this person is wondering why it is that the head of the person 
why it is Rochelle found this unreasonable. It's unreasonable because you're essentially demanding money to do something that would make people happy for maybe a couple hours, instead of giving people a way to eke out a living for at least the rest of the month or two. And yet, for some reason, this person wants to call other people selfish when they're more concerned with getting their own way rather rather than they're more concerned with whether or not people are able to be rehomed or find work or find places to live. This is why no one can like this person, is because this character is entirely self-serving and self-interested. Genuinely, nothing this character ever does is in the, has ever been for the purpose of another individual. Everything that they've done has always been for their own purposes. It has been so in the Super Bowl party, and I imagine it's been so with everything this person's ever attempted before. Because given how this person had gotten angry because the Super Bowl party didn't go their way, they instead decided to complain about it and portray everyone that simply disagreed with their opinion as though the people that disagreed were the ones at fault, but not them for being the ones that antagonized it and more or less provoked people into responding that way. Now let's get into the grammar and punctuation of this monster nonsense. Another problem that a reader might have with the book, if you exclude the fact that the protagonist is an unlikable asshole, that the way they talk and treat other characters in the book is completely shitty, is the myriad of grammar, punctuation, and spelling errors that constantly litter the pages. There were times where I had to reread multiple pages during the course of my readings of these books, because I genuinely wondered if I was just misreading them, only to realize that, no, I was not misreading, it's just that the author genuinely doesn't know how to form possessive and non-possessive nouns, and they keep misspelling simple words and failing to misspell capital letter words like I, which are singular case words. But for some reason, this person is going to lecture other people about their ability to read or their ability to have reading comprehension, which I can't help but find is a little bit ironic. But yes, this thing was riddled with spelling and punctuation errors because, you know, why would you want to actually care about what you write if you can charge $40 for what is essentially a 46-page essay about how bad other people are for offering you a place to live and not going up to snuff with what your standards are. Another problem I have is the fact that this book is meant to be some sort of romance novel. It's meant to be a tale of a relationship, but the problem is there doesn't actually seem to be a real relationship discussed. It seems like the character of Liliana only seems to exist in between chapters. Like, she kind of bounces in and bounces out of the book, more like someone that does a cameo gag in a sitcom or a movie. They're literally just around, long enough to take notice that they're there for a split second before they're gone again. There's a whole spectrum of emotions that a person should be going through from the start of a relationship to the continuance of a relationship or until the relationship's end. But there genuinely is no actual emotional build-up or emotional development. It literally is like this person just exists to be the nut-fluffer for the protagonist until the protagonist essentially decides either that they've had enough of them and throws them away... Or until the person themselves got sick of the protagonist and proceeded to essentially leave them to their own insanity. I don't know. But the fact is this. The relationship described by the protagonist doesn't seem to be a real relationship because it seems like this person only exists long enough to be gone for the night and then comes back. I'm willing to go so far as to say that this person wasn't even really in their relationship, but more like someone that was a friend of theirs or an acquaintance who tolerated them probably because they have to, because societal and social pressures more or less had convinced them that if they were mean to this person this person would just raise hell and try to get them thrown out of the shelter part of me wonders that the reason that this person was gone for such a prolonged period of time is because they actually have a relationship with someone else and the author is essentially refusing to accept that so they attach themselves to this person hoping that they're going to get some sort of treatment for it 
just to find out that their feelings have been not reciprocated and are more or less unrequited. Which is a lot more of an understanding that people may have when you look at this person's views on women. So let's get into that. Now the author's views on women are actually very distressing because this author does not the author does not describe women like people. They don't. The author more or less describes women like mannequins because instead of trying to respect them and treat them like people, he essentially describes them like they're all essentially androids carrying on activities and behaviors that are otherwise not really noticeable to them until those behaviors are actually worthy of acknowledging. This person claims to be very much for women's rights, but the reality is when it comes down to it, their biggest concern is not a matter of whether or not people are treated right. It seems to be whether or not they can simply blame others for every negative thing that they've ever experienced. A lot of the things that they claim to blame people for is essentially everyone else is wrong, everyone else is bad, everyone else is a problem. However, at no point in time does this person seem to address the fact their views on women are actually very troubling and very disturbing, because their views are essentially talking about these people as though they only exist to fill a sexual void that this person feels in their own life. And yet, for some reason, they do not have the respect enough for these people to address the fact that what they're doing and saying towards these people could actually be considered more damaging than what most of the people in the world say. It's more or less just simply saying, these people are here, and they look good, and I wish they'd be my girlfriend, and I wish they would all love me. But the problem is, this person does not seem to understand love. And the reason I say this is because every time they use the word love, they always use it as though it's a synonym for sex. It's not. It's not a synonym for sex. And the fact that the author genuinely seems to think that love is a synonym for sex is actually very, very disconcerting because it means that they are more concerned with pursuing a physical liaison with someone more so than they're concerned with actually building a real relationship that's based upon mutual respect. It's hard to take anyone seriously when all of their beliefs are essentially this person is a concubine except they don't acknowledge me as someone that is their like superior as them being a concubine inside my little head. It genuinely feels like the author views these people as like prostitutes or concubines that are unpaid. And yet, for some reason, the person's supposed to look at this and trust this. It's hard to trust what anyone says when genuinely everything they say is essentially based upon the negativity and spite they feel towards other people and based upon their desire for other people. And there's nothing wrong with desiring physical affection. There's nothing, desiring, there's nothing wrong with desiring love. There's nothing wrong with desiring to be cared for and treated with kindness. However... When a person has proven time and time again that their fixation on someone is strictly sexual, it does not come off as wanting a healthy relationship, it comes more off as wanting someone to control or use for one's own purposes until they are no longer of use to someone. And that is a very big reason that people have a lot of reasons to be greatly concerned. The author does not genuinely treat anyone as though they are deserving of respect because the author only sees people as someone that they can use to essentially get whatever they want out of them. The author seems to genuinely not care for the well-being and lives of other people because they seem more concerned with attacking people that they disagree with. And yet, for some reason, the individual in question does not seem to understand that by doing so, by attacking people the way that they do... They are not building rapport with women or anyone around them. They are more or less portraying themselves as the everlasting victim. But the victim does not deserve to call themselves a victim because they are the ones attempting to be the victimizer at that point. But yeah, the victims 
the author's views on women more or less says they don't care about the women. They care more about the sexual or physical gratification they could get from women. So with that out of the way, let's get ready to wrap this all up because I know this has been long enough. All in all, Non-Service 2 suffers from the same kind of issues that most books do when they're written by someone that doesn't really care about the quality of their work. It suffers from a lack of themes, a lack of originality, a lack of a story, a lack of proper character motivations, a lack of interesting characters, a lack of interesting plot. The book essentially acts like a giant boohoo diary towards people that this individual feels have wronged them. That's all it is. There is literally no part of this story that actually reads like a real love story because the love story essentially reads like a serial killer is following someone around that they've decided to basically choose to be their next victim. Except instead of being written by someone that actually attempts violence, it is written by someone who more or less wants to patrol the Reddit incel nice guy boards and then tries to tell themselves that they're not an incel when the only difference between them and an incel at that point is the incredibly insane anti-women stance that they use when it comes to their speaking. However, when it comes down to a lot of their behaviors and a lot of the ways that they treat others in the book and a lot of the ways they treat others outside of the book, it demonstrates that the author is not really a competent writer because they care not for the reader's enjoyment nor for the proper method of writing a book that would actually be interesting. This book is written by someone completely in love with themselves who has had multiple mental breakdowns about people reading and even critiquing their work because they would repeatedly flag down videos that would ever read the book because they would much rather prefer to violate copyright laws more so than they would actually like to understand that their writing needs to improve. And that's the problem. This author cannot take criticism. Whenever someone actually sits down and points out the serious issues with the book, their first thought is to have what would essentially be like a small child's tantrum and telling people that ever disagree with them about their writing and about their lack of writing style. Instead, they decide to take it upon themselves to attack someone and throw a temper tantrum in hopes of causing someone to lash out and say something negative. And then, they're just going to portray themselves as a victim, wash, rinse, repeat as needed. But yeah, this book is trash. Trash. And if anyone should ever be ashamed of this, it's not the people reading it to save other people 20 to 45 to $50. It's the person that wrote this trying to scam people out of their money because they're essentially promising a novel that they're not going to deliver on by essentially charging six times as much as the volume of this thing is actually worth. Like, realistically, you'd be, you'd be lucky if someone would actually buy this nonsense to land a birdcage with. But yeah, this book is terrible. No one should trust the writer of this book because they genuinely can't handle anyone disagreeing with them. And considering all their psychotic behavior offline and online, it would probably be best for anyone that might read the book and give this person money to instead donate money to the local homeless shelter or animal humane society, because at least then the money might actually be used for something good, instead of being used to finance this person's trip across country just so they can harass more people that dislike them. Well anyway, thank you all for stopping by, hope you enjoyed this, I'll see everyone later.